0: Good morning If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 We're going to continue on with our uh, series entitled Pleasing God And um, the Bible speaks clearly about pleasing God We are looking at the different uh, passages in the Bible that uh, talk about pleasing God so we can see what is involved in pleasing God. Okay, let's get some verses. Brian is going to read First Thessalonians uh, 4, verse 1. Uh, Gary Basham. Uh, let's see, we should have this divided. I think I need uh, Gary to read 1 uh, Thessalonians 2, 1 through 4. Dennis 5 through 8. And Jeff Cooper, nine through twelve. First Thessalonians two. So it's one through four, five through eight, nine through twelve is how it should be divided. We'll see how it comes up on the screen. If all going well, that's the way it is. Uh, Tom, First Thessalonians two, verse two, uh, Acts seventeen verse five. Josh. Uh, Tony, can you read for me John twelve forty two and forty three. Uh, over here, Don Galati, John 9, 20 through 22. Louis Polino, Matthew 26, 69, and uh, 70. Uh, over there, Corey, uh, 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 5. Uh, who else? Jesse, Ephesians 6, 5 and 6. Uh, Dietrich, 1 Thessalonians 2, verse Six. Go ahead with some more. Casey, read for me. First, Thessalonians two, verse four. Uh, making sure, yeah, that's the first time. That's fine. Ryan is going to read uh, for me. First Thessalonians two, verse four. The second time, Ryan. Steve Garfield, Acts four, eighteen through twenty. Um, two more. Noel, First Thessalonians two, seven and eight, and one more. Matt, John twenty one, fifteen through seventeen. Okay, let's look, uh, first of all, our launching scripture, 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 1.
1: Finally, then, reform, just as you receive from us, how you ought to walk and to please God.
0: Okay, he's reminding them, he said, when I was your pastor, uh, and I was with you in the city, I taught you clearly how you should please God. So our point, we use this as a launching scripture, pleasing God is something understandable. Uh, it's not a, a, a mystery or unattainable. So we're going to talk this morning about pleasing God rather than men, and we find this in First Thessalonians two. We're going to read one through twelve, so the guys will read one through four, five through eight, nine through twelve. Go ahead. For
1: yourself, brother, you know that our interest given to you that it was you walk worthy of God who called you into his own kingdom
0: glory. Okay, so today's lesson is pleasing God rather than men. We want to begin, let's look at hidden motives for a moment. Paul is, in this passage, answering his critics. He had uh, pastored uh, in this place. People had come in and they had begun to attack his motives uh, concerning his dealings with people. So they are trying to gather now a crowd. This is... a what happens in in uh, churches, sometimes there are people that they are wanting to draw people to themselves, and so in order to do that, they have to attack Paul, and so what they are saying about Paul is that he had ulterior motives uh, behind his ministry, and this is the essence, there are a number of different ways that that works out, but what they're saying is, yeah, yeah, we know he preached and did some good things, but... We want you to know there actually, there were some hidden motives as to why he was ministering or the way that he was uh, ministering. And so if we were to sum up the, the different accusations that were there, there is a recognition that comes through. And so Paul has to answer this. That recognition is sometimes in life we can be tempted to change what we are. And so here, in other words, I I believe a certain way, I act in a certain way, but now because of other people, I will change what I am or the way that I approach. And this is what they're accusing Paul of in in, um, uh, many different ways. Think about the first of these, is that in life we can be tempted to change what we are in order to avoid trouble. And that is what they are uh, uh speaking here. Paul is uh, uh writing to a church in Thessalonica and uh in if you read in the in the Bible, the book of Acts, the, the history of how he came there, he had been imprisoned in Philippi. So there was a lot of trouble in Philippi. They urged him. He had to leave. There were riots and all kinds of uh, things uh, uh, going on. 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 2.
2: But even after we had suffered before in our God to speak to you the gospel of God in much conflict.
0: Okay, so uh, this is him now referring back to, when I came to you, uh, I had just come from a lot of trouble in Philippi. Acts seventeen five gives us the details of this trouble. Okay, so there's a riot going on. You're preaching the gospel. You're standing for righteousness. You're speaking what you believe. And it causes you all kinds of problem. A mob forms. They're coming. They they want to attack him. They are looking for Paul, and and uh, because Paul's not there, they beat uh, 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 a believer named uh, Jason. So there's a lot of trouble now. So when you face trouble for doing right. I'm not talking about for being obnoxious, or for being a lazy worker, or lipping off the the teacher. I'm talking about for doing right. You are simply doing right and that causes you trouble. Sometimes we can be tempted to change. If I change, I I don't want to be in trouble, I don't want people to dislike me and be saying mean things about me and being attacking me. So. We can be tempted. I, I will then change my approach or change my beliefs so that I don't get into trouble. Proverbs 29:25. that I mean? Who can see it? Tom, can you see it?
2: The fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord shall be saved.
0: Okay, the fear of man brings a snare. So, in other words, you know what you should do, you know what you should say, but the Bible says that sometimes fear of consequences traps you so that you don't do what you're supposed to do. John 12:42 and 43. Nevertheless, even
1: among the rulers many believed in him, but because of the Pharisees they did not confess him let they put out the center. for they loved the praise of God.
0: Okay, so now this is um, uh, the rulers now. They have a, a position. They have influence to a certain degree. They're supposed to be in touch with God. They come face to face with Jesus Christ and they recognize who Jesus is. We know that Jesus is the truth, but the Bible says, but they wouldn't say so because they love the praise of men more than the praise of God they would rather have people say good things about them than God Matthew 26:69 and 70
1: Peter Okay
0: this is uh uh, Peter, they've just arrested Jesus. Uh, he no doubt has seen the initial stages of the assault on Jesus, that he's being attacked, and that they're talking about killing him. And in that atmosphere, somebody says, "Hey, aren't you with Jesus?" And here's the beginning of the denials. And no, absolutely no, Mm-mm, I don't know Jesus. Yeah. So this is this is one of the temptations. They're they're saying, "Paul, you know what? He changes." What he believes. He changes how he approaches people because he doesn't want trouble in, in this city like he had in the last city. So this is a, this is a very real temptation. What are some ways that, that we can be tempted to change in order to avoid trouble? In modern times? How would that work out for you and I? Would it not
1: taking the stand we need to at school or at
0: work? Not taking a stand at school or at work. Okay, like what kinds of stands?
1: Um, I, I guess against maybe not cussing or uh, against people who are fornicating and say, say that's not right or whatever.
0: Okay, not speaking up against uh, evil then or against sin. Yeah, Matt?
2: At work, um, we have tech support that we have to call into, uh, but only one of our uh, employees was certified to be able to call. and I called in, I just needed to say that I was this person. That way I'll be able to get the support that they pay for. And so that's, you know, that's something that, you know, what would happen to try to get you to do something, you know, that um, that isn't right, you know. But, you know, they want you to conform to their standards or something that they think
0: is, you know. Okay. So you're under pressure to save them money. They want you to lie. Okay. Uh,
2: Noel? Uh, laughing at
1: somebody's filthy jokes.
0: Okay. Laughing at uh, people's filthy jokes. Yeah. Crass humor. Yeah. That could be some ways. So we are tempted to change. Jeff? Well, I think life, you know, you, you're talking about ways
1: we would we'd change for the worst. But I, I think life just teaches you to change. You know, if you're if you're going to go sell somebody something, you know, you, you don't put on your worst clothes, you know, and you got stuff dripping out of your mouth. You know, you, know, you want to look good and smile and everything. And, and so you, you put on your best face. Or if you're, if you're going to go... Let's say you're going before a judge or something. You know, I, I watch these guys. They're really nasty and everything. But then they clean up, put a suit on, and in court, they look real nice. You
0: know? So, Mike just teaches us that. Yeah, yeah, that, that could be. That could be. Okay, so there's a, a second temptation. And that temptation is not only to change, to avoid trouble, but they're accusing Paul of changing to gain an advantage. First Thessalonians 2, verse 5 okay so now they're they're saying yes he he preached but you know the real reason why he preached is he's just trying to uh, soften you up so he can get some money out of you this word cloak of covetousness is actually uh, a picture of a crook a shyster who would uh, who would say anything to get money and that's what they're saying about paul is that you know he just he just looks like he's uh, uh, preaching the gospel, but really he's only doing this uh, so that he can get something from you. Colossians three, verse twenty-two. You got to remember, folks. Once I give it, it's gone.
1: Uh,
0: who had it? Caleb, can you see it? Can you read it out. Servants obey in all things, according to the
1: flesh, not with Isis.
0: okay so uh this is now talking about the way uh that we uh work and the way that we um, uh, treat our our bosses our employers our supervisors and uh so the bible says that uh, some people do this uh, with eye service or in other words only when they're looking you ever work with somebody who does this that they uh they're lousy workers they're horrible but then when the boss is around they know how to say the right things <laughs> that's what that, that's what this is talking about is is because of uh gaining an advantage in employment they will say the right things but it's not really who they are ephesians 6 5 and 6 <laughs> Okay, again, this is uh, employment, and uh, it is speaking about changing who you really are. Uh, One who does it with eye service, they change what they are, and the reason why is they're trying to gain an advantage so the first is avoiding trouble. The second is gaining uh, an advantage. And uh, so this is uh, uh, human nature. The third accusation that they have against him is that they're they're saying that he is changing uh, who he is in order to boost his own ego. In other words, they said, yes, he is preaching. That's true. But the only reason why he's doing this is to look good or he wants other people to uh, praise him first Thessalonians 2 verse 6
1: nor did
2: we seek glory from men either from you or from others when we might have been made well we might have made the man as apostles of Christ
0: okay nor did we seek glory from men. so uh, the, he now is is uh, answering he knows what is being said about him and so he is Answering these uh, uh, accusations and and uh, speaking because these are real temptations. If it was outrageous, uh, not possible that it could uh, uh, be true, then it would, he wouldn't have had to answer. But these are things that people really are tempted. People do change to avoid trouble. They really do change in order to get something uh, that they're wanting to get an advantage. And they change because they want people to praise them or to say good things about them. This is one of the uh, uh, lessons that uh, pioneer pastors have to learn, is that when you begin to preach the gospel and you begin to preach the truth, invariably you're going to have some helpful person who will come and tell you, you know what, you'll get a lot more people if you don't say those things. So you know, there's people that they wanted to come to your church, and then you started talking about uh, uh, who you're sleeping with, and, that's, and then they left the church. If you just wouldn't say that, if you wouldn't preach on money, if you wouldn't uh, call people to commitment, then then uh, you know you'd you'd get a lot more people. Or there there are people that are getting upset. You're getting a reaction, and so here's a very real temptation. In this case, it is uh, uh, Paul as a as a man of God. As a preacher, but these three temptations really do work in the in the human heart. Is I'm going to change because I don't want to get in trouble. I'm going to change so I can get something from somebody. I'm going to change so that they say nice things about me. Is there anybody here you like it when people say bad things about you? No, we want people to say good things. And so this is the the uh, temptation. Okay, let's open for for uh, comments or, or questions. Uh, about this so far And if you have any personal experience with being tempted to change Here Matt
2: I said no by the way. Yeah.
0: Oh, you did say no. Okay. Matt says he didn't lie um, I'm glad to hear that Dwayne I <laughs> 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 Yeah. 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 For young people, that becomes very, uh, a very, very important issue. George. One job I've been working on to drive is that you get
1: the word of Jesus Christ in this and Jesus Christ in that. I witnessed him all kinds of things in the list. And, uh, one day I just had it. And, you know, I'm going to make a challenge. Think of the person you hate the most in this world. Surely you hate somebody. Oh, yes. Tell me They do Today, just for today, instead of saying Jesus Christ, say his name. <laughs> and uh, he said it four or five times, and he said, Well, that's just dumb. <laughs> what have I been doing? You know, he's that changed the
0: whole aspect of the job you ever to make the Lord real, ever. Praise God. <laughs> That's good. I, I must have worked with rougher sinners than that, George, because it didn't help at all.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, 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 When I was a, an apprentice, um, I was an apprentice glazier, and so I uh, had a man that uh, it was his job to train me to do the outside work. I was being trained in the factory now. I'm being trained outside work, and so he was a foul mouth, hard hearted old sinner. And uh, old George, when we would go, he would uh, at lunch hour he would pull out his uh, newspapers with uh, with the girly pictures in them. And so I brought my Bible. We had an hour for lunch, and I brought my Bible. That was a, a great time for me able to read and. And uh, he got horribly convicted. And finally, he demanded, he said, if he brings his Bible, I'm not bringing him. So this meant now that the work can't get done and I can't be trained. So if he brings his Bible, I'm not bringing him. And so this is causing me trouble by making a stand for Jesus. And so I said to the boss, if he can bring his porno mags, I can bring my Bible. His porno mag offends me, okay, making a stand. Anybody here, you ever had, had trouble for doing right? Yeah? Okay. All right, any other uh, comments or questions before we move on? Something else here, sis? Um, I was just thinking about, you
1: know, just applying to the children. I think every little human comes into the world, and another person change for them? That's just their nature. And there seems to be kind of four venues there. They're either going to be really sweet and try to butter you up. They're going to be throw a hissy fit, try to get you to change that way. They're going to, like, try to take authority over you, or they're going to whine. Those are the ways. I mean, they're just manipulators. And so I think every mother, when they're when they're raising up the kids, they have to come to terms with themselves. There is going to be conflict and I have to go ahead and face it now, or if I give in to all these little manipulations down the road, there's going to be a way bigger conflict
0: than the child grows older. Right, very good. So parenting, there are temptations to change. It's fascinating that people believe things when they have no children. Amazing. (laughs) they, They know how kids should be raised when they don't have any. Or when the children are very small, they believe things. And then the kids begin to grow. And now all of a sudden, the pressure begins to change them. And I see this. Unfortunately, parents, they make them, things that they have believed for all of these years, but now when the children hit teen years, now they throw that out because of exactly what our sister is saying is manipulation. Or that's uh, uh, tears or, or a, a fit or whining or whatever it is. They give in. They change and so they're going to run their life now. They're going to change their beliefs about God, about righteousness for a child. That's a very, very good point. Gary? Uh, I remember
1: my mom came over to visit me uh, way back, and she not saved. And she came into the house and smoke up a cigarette and in the living room. And that's the mom that we don't smoke in this house. And she just went crazy. And she says, well, I'm your mother. You come on. Cut me some slack. I said, Mom, you got to go outside and smoke your cigarette. Years later, she told me, she got saved. Years later, she told me that she, she felt
0: so stupid after smoking a cigarette a little kid. Is that right? Very good. Yes. Yeah, I remember uh, we, we had to take a stand against uh, Lisa's uh, dad when he came to visit us. He brought his girlfriend. And they want to stay with us and fornicate. Said, no, not here. Want to want to bring booze when he'd come visit us, and then we said we don't drink. You're not having it here. So that, that didn't uh, that didn't go down well. Okay, Casey. Uh, last impression
1: of a young man, uh, many of you remember that my dad was the school board and probably for six years we he, would be ridiculed in the newspaper a naysayer. It was always four and one. And I remember there were people that would say, Randy, why don't you just hold such a good time? And he couldn't, he had no other time. And there was one particular meeting where a teacher got up and for 15 minutes read a diatribe directly against him. They couldn't stop her. We sat here in the audience just full of anger and heard how someone could say these things because a man was willing to stand up for what he believed and, granted, years later it all kind of turned around to be full I remember engaging. Why put yourself through this? Why not just stop? Why not quit? If you couldn't get what you're conscious about, stand up with a bright hand, and even though most of us need to get upset and leave leaves on the job, or this would be really in this case
0: very good making a stand okay so let's talk secondly then about pleasing God so Paul he says this is the temptations that uh, that we face but he gives the overriding motivation of his life of why these things are not true he says because I want to please God rather than people if I have to choose we all want to be liked but he said if I have to choose I would rather please God first Thessalonians 2 verse 4
1: but if we have been approved by God to be impressed with the gospel, even so we speak not as pleasing men, but God who tests our
0: hearts. Okay, so he says here, we speak not as pleasing men. In other words, what people think about this is not the issue. It is God, and that is the overriding motivation of my life is that we're going to please God. Acts 4 18 through 20
1: they in the name of Jesus
0: for the god who we cannot speak the things we have seen okay so now they're here is a persecution beginning they're beaten they're thrown in jail and they bring them out and say okay we'll let you go but you got to promise you're not going to talk about Jesus anymore and they said what do you think does that even make sense to you That we would choose to please men rather than God? Absolutely not. We are going to please God. So this is the choice that we have to make. You please God when you decide that his opinion is most important, even if it causes us trouble, even if it puts us at a disadvantage on the job or school or whatever it might be, or even if we look bad or are embarrassed. He says we... Choose to please God in our scripture. He gives a powerful reason. Why should we please God rather than man first Thessalonians 2 4? Okay, he says we have been entrusted with the gospel He says we've been given this this holy calling he said, that is a privilege that God would trust me to be a preacher in this case. God has trusted me. I don't want to violate that trust. And he says, entrusted with the gospel, uh, he says, I don't want to damage the ministry. This is a powerful motivation, is that it may uh, uh, be temporarily uh, easier and uh, uh, cause people to think better of me if I go along with the crowd or if I don't stand for righteousness. But he said, but that would damage... The work of the gospel, that is overriding. It's not simply, what does this person think about me? It's the work of God, it's salvation. This is th- something you have to keep in mind when you're making a stand. One of the lies of the devil, I'll just throw this in. One of the lies of the devil, this is especially effective uh, uh, when we're dealing with family, we're talking about children, uh, 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 making stands with them in discipline, or whether we're talking about our testimony with our family members The lie of the enemy is, by you making a stand, you're going to cause them to not be saved. Have you ever had the devil tell you that? See, look at look at how upset they're getting. I'm going to tell you that Lisa's dad, when he made stands with him, he was not happy about this. This is not a reasonable discussion of, gee, I really admire your integrity. No, we're not going to have booze at the wedding. We don't drink. We're believers. We're having a Jesus wedding. And he didn't say, that is tremendous. You stand for your conviction. No, no, no this caused big problems. No, you're not going to come here and fornicate in our house. And no, you're not going to drink your smoke here. Making stands. And so the devil would tell you, this is going to drive uh, uh, people away. But Paul says, it is actually for the gospel's sake that I choose not to please people but God. In other words, people do not sin because you do right. You need to keep that in your head. Every parent needs to write that down. Children do not sin because you do right. They sin because they want to sin. You don't make them sin. Every parent needs to learn that because the devil says, see there, they're going to become a drug dealer and it's all your fault because you don't have a TV. (laughs) That's right. You wouldn't let them go to the prom. And so that what else could they become? But a, you know, a serial killer and it's all your fault. That's a lie from hell. Paul says, I have the gospel. That's at stake here. And as Gary said, his mother said later on, it is the stands you make, not temporarily. In the short term, they'll cause you big problems. But long term, it is for the gospel's sake. That is why we choose to please God. He moves on and says that pleasing God, if you want to please God... And You make a choice to please God, that has to flow out in being a blessing to other people. First Thessalonians uh, two seven and
1: eight. When we were gentle among you, just as a nursing mother cherishes her own children, so affectionately longing for you, we were well pleased to impart to you not only the gospel of God, but also.
0: Our okay, so he is is uh, speaking. He says. I want to please God more than anything else. So, if you want to please God, he said, then that affects how I treat other people. I wanted to bless you. We wanted to impart to you the gospel of God. Even our our variant lives, we wanted to bring an impartation for good. So the simple point is, you cannot be a blessing uh, or you cannot please God unless it is your desire to also bless people okay so there's there's this tension on the one hand there will be some people who be upset because you want to please God that's true we please God anyway but how many of you know then there is the extreme that people some people count it as a personal victory how many people they offend in life you ever met that yeah praise god i went out witnessing today anybody get saved no but i had five people flip me the bird four people cuss me out ten people told me where to go thank you jesus you know maybe just maybe maybe your approach is a little obnoxious right they count it as a badge of honor how many jobs i've been kicked off of and how many people you know Okay, so we we you understand is that your desire is to help people and to bless them. And in being a blessing, there will be some people be upset. That's unavoidable. But that is not your goal, is to upset people. Your goal is to be a blessing. Paul says when I went there, I did not change. I preached, I told the truth. The reason why is that I wanted to bless you john twenty one fifteen through seventeen.
2: So they had dined. So when they had dined, Jesus said to Simon Peter, "Simon, son of Jonah, Judas, do you love me?" Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, "Do you love me?" And he said unto him, "Lord, you know I love you. You know I love all things. You know that I love you." And Jesus said unto him, feed my sheep."
0: Okay, this is uh, that famous story. I think Pastor Mitchell preached uh, from this recently, but uh, <coughs> here's here's the point. Peter, who the three years of his discipleship repeatedly, he has demonstrated that it's all about him. They're fighting about who's the greatest. This is a constant uh, theme. He's he's trying to tell the Lord what to do. He's denying Jesus. And so it's all about uh, it's all about Peter. So now Jesus brings it down. He says, do you love me? Do you want to make me happy? Peter, that's, we're talking about pleasing God. Yes, Lord, I do love you. Then he says here, feed my sheep, feed my lambs, feed my sheep. In other words, he says, how you treat other people is the means of pleasing God. And that should be uh, our purpose. Okay, let's open for questions or comments. Bear? i got some uh,
1: people I work around with. I've been working around for 15 or 20 years. And they're Christians, they, they go to a, a decent church, but, but they've taken the fear of witnessing and they put a doctrine in front of it that you've got to let your light shine so much that you never say anything. You've got to love people. They never say anything because of, matter of famine, you know. And I've argued with them in, over the years, you know, and uh, because, because, you know, I felt like them, you know, I want to be accepted, I want to be looked upon nicely by the people in the grocery stores and restaurants. But it, it, it comes down to it, the argument down to this. If you want to show them the love of Jesus Christ, you can't really show the love of Jesus Christ until you mention Jesus. Otherwise you're you're acting like a good Mormon or a polite Catholic or just a nice person. They don't know what the the motives or the the energy of being nice and loving is until you say something about
0: jesus christ and they just go back into their little pinky doctor right right and the, and the point is is that you uh people misunderstand sometimes they will uh, see your light shining and assume that you swallowed a light bulb and they don't, they don't get it this is just a really really nice person but it's, uh, it's speaking. There are, there are people here. I'm, uh, I'm thinking of uh, testimonies I know here. I remember Jim and Karen Norris about their testimony that uh, worked with somebody from the church. I don't remember who it was, but uh, it wasn't until that they were told, you're living together, that's sin. That's not right. That is what caused them to want to get saved. Right? And so that it is uh, uh, the issue of uh, sin and righteousness. Marie, you had a comment
2: as well?
1: You know, kids can love to learn in school or they yes, can hate um, folks to I homeschool with a couple of my kids and there's a way that you're homework and to love to learn that, makes, that takes the nesting or you know, it's really communicating with them, really giving them the heart. Maybe reading stories to them about pioneering people who overcame difficult situations. There's a lot of ways that you can be very, uh, use a lot of ingenuity. And so it can be that way with music. Instead of saying all this is bad, well, let's talk about it. Let's talk about why graphs can bad. Let's get it out on the table and make, you know, and begin to understand them, but not saying it's okay, but let them begin to say what they think and listen to what they think and pray about speaking as a parent because that's really important too. Because, so there's a lot of ways that you show love of God that helps them just love the Lord and love to do His word and love to be it and, to be heard, and, to be heard, and want to be a Christian and I think that's a real positive you know, I have kids that are the more so I haven't done that but I've understood it. I've it.
0: Yeah, wisdom, wisdom helps in witnessing, child raising, everything. Go ahead.
2: Yeah, I've been working with, uh, been working with some guys that you know work and They like to play. they like to move around, and I was, I thought it was just, you know, they're, that's just the way they are. But one day it became very clear that they were trying to push my buttons. You know, they would throw things at me, they would hit me with things. You know just and they would act like they were joking around but one day they said they were all gathered around me and they said just do it just cuss just cuss us out just do it and they were just trying to push my buttons and I told them you know what I haven't cussed in 25 years I'm not going to do it now because you guys are doing this and they and they they just started cussing and they were, we should offend you you should be offended by us and I and I just told them I said you know what if I let you guys push me to the point where I'm offended by everything you do, I just walk around offended all day long. I'm not going to allow you guys to push me to that limit. And you would think that because, you know, giving in and and, and compromising and doing what they would want would ease the problem. But I found that by making the stand and telling them that they're not going to get what they're desiring out of me, uh, it really eased up the situation. They stopped harassing me they stopped doing those things and it really made the workplace uh more bearable.
0: good very good okay let's get some more scriptures here um, over here uh stephen's going to read first thessalonians 2 verse 4 woody uh, psalm 7 verse 9 will proverbs 17 3 uh, heath second chronicles 32 31 phil Mayot, Romans 14, 12, Al Herman, Matthew 25, 19, George, 1 Corinthians 3, 13, Kelly, 1 Thessalonians 2, 4, read it the second time, Uh, need two more, maybe in this section here, Uh, Paul Arps, Matthew 25, 21, and David Sanchez, 1 Corinthians 3, 14. So our final thought then is about tested hearts. Paul says, my motivation is I would rather please God than man. I would rather be a blessing in order to uh, please God. And he reminds them of why this is so. That is because our hearts are being tested by God. We, we learn, first of all, that God tests our hearts in this life. First Thessalonians 2, 4. But if we have been,
1: even so we speak, not as pleasing men but God who tests our
0: hearts. I want to please God because he tests our hearts. He checks what is in there. Psalm 7, verse
2: 9. All oh, let the wickedness of the wicked come to an end, but establish the
1: just, so the righteous God tests the hearts and minds.
0: God tests the hearts and minds. Proverbs 17, 3.
1: The finding pot is for silver and the furnace for gold, but the Lord tries the heart.
0: Okay, and so here's a repeated thought. You'll find this many times in the Bible, is God tests the hearts. So what that means is that in this life, God will cause our true hearts to be exposed. So they're saying, hey, Paul has these hidden motivations. So he's smiling, he's preaching righteousness, but actually underneath the surface, there's these other sneaky uh, uh, motives, and Paul says, listen, God arranges circumstances to cause our true heart to come to the surface. That's why it won't do any good you just changing temporarily to avoid trouble or to gain an advantage or to boost your ego because God will cause your heart uh, to be exposed. Second Chronicles 32, 31.
2: However, regarding the ambassadors of the princes of Babylon, whom they sent to him to inquire about the wonder uh, that was done in the land, God withdrew from him
1: in order to test him that... He might know all that was in
0: his heart. That's a fascinating statement. God withdrew from him in order to test his heart. So here is this king that up until now he has been doing a tremendous job. And uh, uh, everything has been favorable up till now. And so some messengers come from Babylon. These are uh, the enemies of the people of God. And they say, hey, we would like to see the kingdom We'd like to see what you have. And the Bible says that God withdrew from him. What do you think that means? Interesting statement. God withdrew from him in order to test his heart. Noel, what do you think that means? Okay, allowed pride. Yep, yeah, that's that's true. What do you think, Eric? Well,
1: it's kind of a lot, a lot like what happened with uh, uh, Job, where God allowed something to take place and kind of uh, took that edge about away from him. Or, or what you some
0: maybe the same principle there. Okay. Yeah, that can be. David, what do you think? Uh, so uh, yeah, exactly. That's that's what I take from it. Is that, you know, there are times in which there are things that come and God really gives a clear witness. On the ends, nah, that's that's not good. But sometimes He doesn't. Wouldn't it be nice if, if, every, if every option in life, you're about to do something and a voice, don't do it. He's like, it's exactly what I was thinking. That'd be true. what a tremendous way to live. Be so easy. Every single time you're about to do something wrong, the voice from heaven gives you a loud and clear warning and you say that exactly. But God doesn't do that. He withdraws because he wants to see, is it really in there? And it wasn't really in there. So his true heart was exposed. And so Paul says, listen, you better believe that God will cause your heart to be exposed. Uh, Sandy? The pastor says God
1: could prove him in order to test him. I understand that. Then he might know all that was in his heart. And that is God knows Yeah. in his heart. Yeah. You always thought God knew what was in your heart. You didn't know what was in your heart.
0: Well, yeah, yeah. So that's, that's a, a, a strange uh, Bible way of saying. Obviously, God knows everything. It is, it is that God, two things, is that God knows whenever you see that term is number one, God wants us to know, right? Have you ever believed something about yourself that wasn't true, yeah. right? You yeah, ever like, man, I am just doing tremendous for Jesus. And then somebody cuts you off in traffic or you get a ticket and all of a sudden, then you're, you, you're not feeling so victorious anymore, right? Not that anybody here, myself included, would ever speed or do anything like that. So, so that's number one, we see it. Right. And secondly, is there times when God wants other people to see it as well? So that's that's the other issue. Carol? Uh,
1: We're called to be stewards. And as we are stewards, God gives into our hands all the things as commandments, etc. So it's kind of like a bunch of keys. You have access. and He wants us in our stewardship to this kingdom to respond to various uh, opportunities. And that's the way... And when he us and hides himself from us. There's a whole lot of scriptures in the Bible about God hiding from people, and that is, okay, now <laughs> given this into your hands, I want you to do what you know is right my presence is right.
0: Yes, and so God has me in there. Pete
1: the the God the eyes of the people us. Is lustre to to shine ever more, but it has to come through that that rubbing and friction that uh, you know that aspect of
0: the world. So then he shine more. Yeah, a good thought. Shining comes by friction. Very good point. Okay, so then not only is uh does God test us in uh this life, but there is an ultimate test in eternity. That is the truth. Paul says, why don't I change what I am because of people? Because one day I'm going to stand before God. Romans 14, verse
1: 12.
0: Okay, each of us will give an account. God is going to ask us one day about the way that we've been living. Matthew 25, 19. Okay, this is a a recurring theme in the parables is the master gives you something and trusts you. He comes back later on and says, now let's talk about what did you do with what I gave you? And that is a, a very important part uh, of this. Not only is it um, in, in these uh, uh, tangible ways of, of uh, right and wrong, of money and witnessing and things like that, but in some way the Bible teaches us that part of judgment, eternal judgment, is that our motives will be uh, exposed. 1 Corinthians three, thirteen. Every
1: man's work shall be made manifest on the day shall, be it, it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire Every man's work what it is.
0: Okay, now this is not talking about right and wrong. This is not talking about sin or righteousness. This is now talking about our work. We have done good things for God we have uh, 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 obeyed him in certain ways but the Bible says that God is also able to see motives but why did you do that and that's the uh, test of, of uh, eternity and so the the great blessing as we close is that we can please God this is this is not a, an endless quest you never know God can be pleased first Thessalonians 2 verse 4 Okay, we have been approved, and therefore we want to keep on pleasing God because He can be pleased. Matthew twenty five twenty one.
1: His Lord said to him, Well done, you faithful servant. You were faithful over
0: a few things; I will make you ruler over many things. and the joy of your Lord. Okay, this is a, a parable of judgment, and uh, the judgment is not uh, all a bummer. Is that here the master says, "Well done, good and faithful servant." 1 Corinthians three fourteen. Okay, and this is uh, in the final judgment for a believer. No person who is saved, who is born again, uh, when you die, is your judgment going to be? We're going to decide whether you go to heaven or hell. That is decided on earth, but uh, our judgment is reward. Is he'll you know, test motives. Therefore what will our reward be because God does want to honor people who choose to please him? Okay, let's close with some comments or uh, questions. Phil
1: So we got stands with family, on the job, children, all these things In my life many times I've made the right stand, and in my life many times I've not I've learned a couple things that I have never, ever, ever, ever gotten respect for good results from the times I gave in. But I've learned it's good and worth it to weather any mistreatment, any bad feelings when you make the stand, because it does come around in the end. And to one little example, I just remember one of my boys when he was very little, he didn't listen. Every time respecting him. every for over a year. I mean, you say, come here, you look at it, you, run the other way. Every time, finally it's like, spanking doesn't work. It's what's going through your head. This is stupid. This is dumb. Maybe we'll just quit. Maybe he's just a hard kid. <laughs> then one day, I'll never forget, come here, and he looked, and he did. <laughs> <laughs> it was so worth it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Are you are you talking about a difficult child in our church? <laughs> that's that's not possible, Phil. Go ahead.
1: Well, um my kind of a question comment. Um, at my work we have um 50, well, we have like 12 functions at my work and six of them are homosexuals. And so that's really really they so I'm constantly bombarded by my my manager. You know, will will um it will start telling me that things are and I you know, I feel so uncomfortable but at the same time I don't I don't say, you know, that, that's, that's sick, that's sick at all. You know, I don't say it but I don't know really how to approach you know, how to approach that because I know I'll get fired I I not get fired if I meant the same answer. I'm kind of having the question, what, you
0: know, how would I approach that? How would
1: I you know, decide to stay
0: that talk? Well, yeah. It's, I say something like, I don't really you know, want to hear that. Or I, you know, I don't think it's right. I don't want to hear so, yeah, it? yeah, that's pretty deeper than we have, than we have time for. I'll, I'm sorry, we're going to run out of time. That was an excellent question. We will. I, you know, one of the things you just I'll, I'll throw in any of you that uh, have uh, worked with homosexuals, have homosexuals in the family, is some people become so focused only on the aspect of its wrongness. Uh, one of the things you need to understand, homosexuals are the most unhappy people in the world. And if you will go for their heart, if you'll touch them, they are not happy. Gay is the worst. That is the cruelest joke in the world to call homosexuality gay because they're miserable. And they have deep unhappiness and there's a lot of reasons for that. And so the rightness and wrongness is only one aspect of it. I'll just, I'll leave it at that. Okay. We'll close and service will start at 10.30.